Hi friends, welcome to Cat's Calming Corner. This podcast was created by CanLearn Society to help educate parents on children's social emotional learning. I'm Cat. I'm a provisional psychologist and I'm here to provide a calm voice and a guiding hand to help support your family's social and emotional development. In our last episode, we introduced social and emotional learning, and we talked about how a lot of it is building self-awareness and self-management to help have responsible decision-making and problem-solving and building relationships around us. This is so important for our kids, and part of us as adults is to explain to kids what emotions are and normalizing them and making them part of our everyday conversation. Today, we're going to take a next step further, and we're going to talk about something that's really important. I have a feeling you're really going to like this topic. So, today's topic, calming down. Let's talk about that. Well, my friends, I have to say calming down is the number one topic I get asked about. It seems to be the one on every parent's mind. There's a lot of different stories that I hear, and oftentimes parents will tell me, I feel so overwhelmed with my child's emotion. I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know how to manage it, and it feels like we're just tiptoeing around everything. It can be exhausting to have to manage some very large outbursts of emotions. And we also know that when children aren't regulated, it affects us as adults. And we have a hard time even regulating our emotions when we feel we're constantly in a stress mode trying to put out some fires. There are a lot of emotions happening at home and everyone reacts differently. Some kids, when they're going through these big emotions, they automatically want to shut down. They want to kind of run away from it. They don't want to talk about it. And they just end up being really quiet and maybe crying for some hours. Some other kids externalize it. So that looks like moments of yelling and screaming, maybe throwing things, some hurtful words. This feels like it could last for hours and sometimes it does. And for some kids, it's a combination of both. It starts out with yelling and screaming, and then it gets followed up by tears and being extremely upset and feeling like they're just an awful child. The funny thing is, even when I talk to kids about this, they go, Kat, it feels like I just can't control my emotions. I don't know what to do when I feel angry or sad or overwhelmed, and sometimes I hurt people around me. I often hear from parents too, things like, I just don't get it. When we're calm after and we're talking about it, they give me all the right words and they tell me exactly what they were supposed to do, but they're just not thinking clearly when they're having these outbursts. So how do we handle all of this? Well, the first thing that we need to understand is what is going on with our child or even with ourselves when we are dealing with these big emotions. Again, our first step is building awareness and you need to be aware of what's going on in our brain, in your child's brain, with big emotions. So let's start with some basic science. In the very back of our brain is the area that I'm going to call the primitive brain. That is, if you think back in the caveman days, 
That was the main part of our brain that's trying to keep us alive. So it's in charge of us breathing, it's in charge of reflexes, and it's also in charge of protecting us and keeping us safe if it sees a bear or a snake. And in that part of our brain, we have something called our amygdala. Now, amygdala is a pretty big word. I like to think of her as Amy for short, and Amy is a lot easier for me to talk about. Amy's all the way in our back of our brain, and she's in charge of some pretty big emotions, including fear. And she gets activated when she feels that she's not safe, and she sends these signals to our body that we are in survival mode, we need to do something, because right now, we are in danger. The funny thing is, the back part of our brain also gets activated when we're dealing with big emotions. And even though they're not, there might not be an immediate danger right in front of us, our brain is still sending signals. So our brain's main focus right now is we are in danger, we need to be safe, we are not thinking clearly, we just need to get out of this situation. And that's why when we are going through this, it's really hard to sit down and talk to your child, use logic, try to problem solve. These things aren't working because our brain is in survival mode. The other part of our brain that I want to talk about is all the way at the front. And this is kind of where our forehead is. This is called our frontal cortex. And this part of our brain is super important because it's in charge of planning, organizing, thinking logically. And this is the part of our brain that after we've cooled down, it's activated and it can problem solve. But what happens is when we are going through a danger mode, when our body thinks they're in danger, it does not communicate with that part of our brain. And all we care about is, are we going to fight this? Are we going to flight? Or are we going to freeze? And that is a lot of times what happens when we feel angry or sad and when your child is having a very strong reaction. I also like to explain this to children as well so they know what's going on with their brain because sometimes they can feel guilty that they can't control it. So if your child is old enough, talk about the part of our brain. You can talk about it as the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain, and how that downstairs brain takes control because it wants to keep us safe, but it doesn't think clearly. If your child is super young, you can talk about this in forms of traffic light. So we have our green light, which is when our brain is thinking straight, it's clear, it's good to go, and we're in control of our body. Then we have our yellow light. Ooh, our yellow light is a warning that, hey, something's coming up. We have to be cautious. There's two things we can do at a yellow light. We can either slow down so we can get ourselves back into control, or we can speed up. And if we speed up, it might not be the safest. We can get in trouble. We can end up getting hurt. And we can even hit that red light. And that red light is when we're losing control. So it's extremely unsafe for us to be driving in that red light. And that's when our back of our brain, or downstairs of our brain, is in control. Alrighty. So now we kind of understand what's going on in our brain. We know that we're not thinking clearly when we are dealing with big emotions. So I'm going to say this twice because this is extremely important. This is not a good time to problem solve. I'll repeat that. This is not a good time for us to problem solve. If you try to logically talk about it or find a solution, 
this is going to get worse. Your child is going to get more irritated and so are you. And now both of you guys might end up being in a red light. So at this point, we do not want to talk about it. Oftentimes, our behaviors are also a sign of communication. So think about it this way. When you have a baby who is crying or screaming, our automatic thought isn't, wow, this little baby has quite the attitude. It's, is it hungry? Is it tired? Does he or she need some food or a diaper change? Well, as we grow up, we still have those forms of communications in our behavior. And especially with kids, they have different things that triggers them and they might not really know how to say it. And so it comes out in those outbursts of emotions. So maybe they didn't get enough sleep that day. Maybe they didn't get enough food that day. Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed by what's happening at school or a kid made fun of them and they don't know how to tell you what's going on. So when they come home, not only do they not know how to tell you, but you're their comfort zone and man, oh man, it's like a throw up of emotions all over you. I know, a little graphic, but that's kind of what's going on. These things can be a lot to deal with. So we need to take calming down step by step. And we need to be proactive when we take these strategies. So what it means to be proactive is we aren't just dealing this when the back of our brain is in charge and our primitive brain is activated because, hey, it's not thinking clearly and that's not going to get us anywhere. Being proactive means we're taking steps even when we're calm to start building these healthy habits into our lifestyle. So calming down doesn't only start when we're in the red, it also starts when we're in the green. Think of it this way. If you're learning to play the piano and you only do it once a month, you're not going to get very good at it quickly. And every time you try it, it's going to feel hard. It's going to take a while for your brain to remember all the things it should do. That's the same with calming down. If we don't do this regularly and we don't make this a lifestyle, uh, we're not going to get any better. And then especially when we need it the most, it is not going to work because our brain is, feels like it is on fire. So we need to start practicing calming down as a regular part of our routine. Now here's something important you need to know and your child needs to know. Calming down is different for everybody. Everybody calms down a different way and that is okay. We need to look at our body and understand our body triggers and what it needs to help us really know how to calm down and how to find a strategy that works for us. This is not only different for different people, it can be different for different emotions too. Some people, their triggers are, man, I've been sitting in a classroom all day, I didn't get a chance to move, COVID-19 won't even let me do the fun activities I used to do, and so when I'm getting home, I'm dying to itch and move and I might be overexcited and hyperactive. So maybe that little kiddo's body needs movement. Some people might just feel overstimulated when they're dealing with all these things at once and they don't want to talk about it. They just want silence. And some people need to kind of just distract their brain by listening to music or doing a puzzle. And those are all okay things to do. When I teach calming down to kids, I always stress this. Calming down isn't like magic. We wish we had this magic wand and we could bippity boppity boo all our problems away, but calming down isn't going to do that. 
what it is going to do is help us kind of get back to a clear mindset to be able to look at whatever it is that's bothering us and how we can fix it. And let's be honest, sometimes the first strategy won't work. My second strategy won't work. And it's so important for me to have backups. It's important to have backups in case strategies don't work, but also it's important depending on where I am. Listening to music might be very doable at home, but if I'm in the middle of writing a test, yikes, that can be hard to do. So first thing, making calming down part of our regular schedule and understanding that everybody is different and finding out what our body needs. So how do we figure out what our body needs? Well, it's important to notice triggers in your family. What are some things that you are noticing heighten your emotion or your child's emotion? For me, if I don't sleep my regular seven hours a day, I feel quite off the next couple of days and I feel more irritable. And so for me, my trigger is sleep. For some people, it's food. That's why the word hangry came up. Our food is tied to our emotions as well and our body needs that nutrients. For some people, it's just a change of schedule. Once you throw that off or something new pops up, oh man, oh man, it feels out of control. And like I mentioned, for some people, it's not enough movement. So I would have a look and start monitoring your family and notice if there's any specific triggers. What time do we notice we're a little bit more irritable? Is that in the morning, which could be a sign that maybe we're not getting enough sleep? Is it after school, which could be a sign that we're overwhelmed, overstimulated, or we just haven't moved and we need to do something to give our body a break? Or is it right before bed? There are so many different things that could occur in a day, and sometimes we can feel lost. So tracking them, writing them down can definitely help, and noticing what works for your family and what throws you guys off. Sometimes we can be proactive and try to notice these triggers and try to kind of stop things while we're in the yellow light. And sometimes our kiddos will go straight to a red light, let's be honest. When the moments come, when we are in that red, when our primitive brain is taking over, sometimes we just have to take a step back, give our child space and ride out the storm. As hard as that might be, we have to understand that we are limited too in what we can do. I'm not saying this to discourage you. I'm saying this so you understand what's going on with your child and with you, and you know where to focus your energy. One of the most important things while, you're, while you are trying to ride out the storm is for you to stay calm as a parent, and that can be super hard to deal with. This is when it's super important for you yourself to be using your calming strategies on a daily and building those healthy strategies and coping mechanisms that when these things occur, you are able to handle it. You're able to take a step back. And if you feel overwhelmed, it's okay to say so. It's okay to tell your child, hey, mom and dad is also feeling red. I think we need a five minute break. I'll come chat with you after. Or hey, I can tell right now you need a bit of space. So why don't we go to a calm corner and I'll check up on you in five minutes. So you're kind of teaching them that these emotions are okay. It's okay to go through them. I'm also respecting what you're going through and giving you space, but I also care about you and I'm going to check up on you too. Now, again, this can be a lot to handle. And those emotions, sometimes whew, 
we don't know where to start or how to even begin implementing some calming strategies in our house. So I think it's time for some practical tips and tricks. At the end of each podcast, I give you a couple of tips and tricks so you can start implementing with your family. This might be a good time for you to get a piece of paper, a pencil, maybe pause and think about the things you've heard of, and then continue and see if any of these might fit well with you and your family. Ready? Let's go. Number one, prepare ahead of time. It is important for you and your family to practice different activities to calm down on a daily. And not only practice them, but check in with your child and see after how they are feeling and if that worked well with them. There are a number of different activities we can do, but again, everyone is different and we need to know what works best for our body. So for those who are more arts and craft oriented, this could look like drawing, making a painting, doing one of those coloring books, color by number, paint by number, or even following a tutorial on YouTube. This keeps our brain busy and focused on specific details or specific steps rather than focusing on what made us upset or angry. For those who are more active and need movement, this could look like exercise. This could be stretching. This could be doing different YouTube videos online and following them like um, cosmic yoga for kids. This could be going on a trampoline or bike rides. For some kids, it feels like when they're angry, oh, their whole body is on fire and they just want to kick and scream. So teaching them healthy ways to cope with that. Punching a pillow, ripping recycling paper, screaming into your pillow, holding your hands super tight and clenching them and then releasing them. Or even holding things like ice or putting cold water on our face or taking a shower to kind of like get our senses noticing what's going on and help get that front part of our brain activated. For some people, when they're overwhelmed, it's writing their thoughts and feelings down in a journal or talking about it with someone. And for some, it's spending time with family, pets, listening to music, watching a funny video. And throughout all of these, you want to start implementing breathing. So breathing is what really helps our body slow down and realize that it's safe and it's important to show your child what good breathing looks like. A good breath should be slow, relaxed, and quiet. When we breathe quickly and loudly, we're telling our body we're still in danger. So before every activity, try a couple of deep breaths. Number two, create a calm down space. It's important to have an assigned place in your house that your child can go to when they feel like they need to calm down. Maybe that's a corner, Maybe that's the bonus room. Some kids have a Zen den. Some kids have just a place in their room, like under their bed or a closet, uh, if they have a bunk bed. There's so many different things that we can do. If you feel like your house is really small and this is hard to fit, even just getting a box and calling it your calm down box or your chill box and having that as a place where you can put things for us to calm down, all of these are excellent strategies. Put a something for each one of our senses. So maybe something soft like a feather or a stuffy that they can hug or touch. Or maybe something like Lego that they can play with. Sometimes even gum, something to taste or chew or something to smell like essential oils. It's different for each family. So find out what works for your family and for your child. Is it drawing? So they need a pencil and paper. Is it a squishy? This could be such a fun activity for you guys to do as a family. And this could be a really, really great arts 
and craft project too. So decorate your box, put positive words on there. Number three, be present. A lot of times when we're going through all these big emotions, it's hard for us to notice and realize what's going around. And sometimes it helps for us to be present by using our senses. And this technique is called grounding. And so what you're doing is you and your child are using all of your senses to start noticing your environment. So you look around the room and you find five things. Sometimes they make this a bit challenging. So like find five blue things to really get your mind looking. Then number four, you look around and see if you can touch four different textures. So your shirt is soft, your hair feels stringy, um, your um, pencil feels hard and bumpy. Look around and see if you can touch four different things. Then sound, close your eyes and see if you can focus on your environment and hear three different sounds. Is it the fridge in the background? Is it the computer? You'd be shocked at the things you hear once you're quiet. And then the last two, smell. So see if we can smell two different things, our perfume, our shirt, our pet. And the last one is taste. Can we remember the taste of the last food that we had? Was it sweet or was it salty? These are things to get us focused on the present and our environment rather on what made us upset. Number four, open communication. As we mentioned last week, it's hard for a child to say, hey, I'm feeling angry or frustrated or overwhelmed, but sometimes it's easy for them to just have a magnet and put it on a red, yellow, or green sticker, or have emojis and circle the ones that they're feeling. So create this open communication in your house. Maybe have a place on the fridge or in a bonus room where when they come back after school, they kind of move a stuffy or a magnet into whatever color they're feeling and that's a good way for them to communicate. Hey, I've had a bad day. I need a little extra space or a little bit extra things to help me out. Or, hey, I've had a good day and I feel like I'm in control. Number five, if you're struggling to figure out what calming strategies work for you or your child, get them to draw out their body and draw out your body when you're going through emotions. So our body gives us signs what we need. Does our body get hot, so we need to take a shower or get a drink of water? Does our heart start beating fast and our breathing gets faster, so we need to slow down with some deep breaths? Does our hands shake, do, so we need to squeeze something? Get us to notice the different signs in our body when we're going through these emotions and understand that these are warning signs and everybody is different. And lastly, number six, if there is a change happening, we know that change can cause emotions to go up. So make sure you talk about it in your family and you keep that open communication. I know with COVID-19, there's so many changes we can't control. And it's super important that you're honest with your child and you say, hey, you know, there might be some changes, some rules. We don't know what it is, but here's what we're going to do to try our best to still be have our traditions as a family. And here's some things we don't know about. Try to talk about these things ahead of time so they don't seem as scary or daunting. Oof, that's a lot, and this is a big topic. So I recommend you pause, think about some of these strategies, and choose one or two tips that you want to use for the week with your child. Again, we don't want to overwhelm our kids, so we don't need to do all of these, but take it one step at a time and see which one you think would fit best for you. Before I leave, I would like to give you a challenge for this week. And I think challenges are important as they help us really understand and develop. This week, I want you to try three different strategies 
to help you calm down and see which one helps you the most. This doesn't have to be anything crazy. Calming strategies should never be one to two hours long. It should be about 10 minutes. And this should be something that you can easily implement in your day. Get to know what helps you out and see if you can even recommend it for your child for both of you guys to do together. That's all for today. I hope this week you learned something new about you or your family. Take care, be safe, and we'll chat soon.